What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Back here on Radio Row, live with Fantasy Football Today, giving you the coverage of Super Bowl 54 here at the Miami Beach Convention Center, located on Muhammad Ali Way champion of his own and a Super Bowl champion will be crowned on Sunday when the Chiefs and the 49ers meet here in Miami. Joining us here now on Fantasy Football Today, one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best rookie running backs from the 2019 class, Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Jamie Eisberg, Dave Richard, Adam Azer. Miles, I want to ask you, you're up for Offensive Rookie of the Year at the Honors Show uh, uh, coming up on Saturday. Give us your thoughts on uh, how much you deserve to win that award. Uh, you know, uh, I'm very confident in myself and very confident in the hard work that I've been putting in my whole life to get to this point. So, um, And I think the, this season showed that, and I feel like I still got a lot of football, fo- uh, good football to play. So, um, you know, I feel like I got a good chance to win it, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just blessed to be in this situation. So, We're looking forward to a lot of the great football you have left to play. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to ask your thoughts on, on the game coming up on Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs running back situation, I don't know how much you get a chance to see their offense, but Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, those guys are sort of linked together from their history uh, when they were coaching together. When you look at the Chiefs offense, specifically the running game, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, what those guys are able to do, what's your takeaway watching that Chiefs backfield and how they operate? Um, it's kind of similar to ours, you know. Uh, you got the back that can pound it in there, uh, get the hard yards, and you got the got a guy that can catch the ball and get probably a guy that can do both kind of and you know rotating them against the defenses uh it's kind of it gets tiring you know defense don't don't uh like tackling guys like that you know fresh running backs you say uh, especially like, like on a long drive and the Chiefs are very capable of going on long drives and then when you're killing them with the run game with different running backs and stuff like that uh you know it makes it very stressful for the defense and uh, I think the, the Chiefs got a very good backfield to do that. 49ers do the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got three running backs <laughs> that can do it. What do you think of that type of a run game that, that the 49ers use? Not only using all the inside-outside zone and the power schemes, changing it all up, but also just having three guys that can rotate in and out like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's good, uh, especially for running backs. You know, uh, they're fresh all season. You don't really got nobody uh, banged up and got them ready for the big biggest game of the year. So uh, I think that's very important. Uh, you know, uh, it's not nothing wrong with having a committee running back room. Uh as long as everybody's doing the job and, and eating, I mean, why not? So, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a selfish player. So I love when other people, uh, balling and eating just like me. So, um, I was, uh, so super excited when Boston Scott got a chance to ball out too. So, uh, you know, uh, 
It's whatever, man. Whatever works. Can you can you can you be a little bit more selfish though? <laughs> yeah, well, we would appreciate that. <laughs> you wouldn't mind if you were the one doing all the eating, right? Like it's it's oh, great well, when man. everybody's doing it, but you wouldn't mind. You know, I mean, you average around 19 touches per game in your last seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't mind. Good thing if you got yeah. to do that every week, right? Yeah, I won't mind. I won't mind at all. Yeah. Yeah. So so what can we expect next season in terms of backfield? Have they told you about your role? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I mean, it's only, what, like three weeks out of the season, <laughs> right, right, so right. Uh, Deuce is still trying to call me talk about football. I'm like, man, Deuce, I'll see you a couple, couple months. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I say um, just same stuff as last year, man, just more elite and more explosive. Uh, that's all I can really say. What did you learn throughout the year, you know, and specifically in terms of, let's say, pass protection, which I know can always be difficult for rookies, and your role in the passing game was always there. And we love to see that for running backs. It's great for fantasy. It's great for team production. How did you get better in that area throughout the season? Just passing game overall? Yeah, and, and pass protection. Yeah, uh, you know, um, got real comfortable starting with the training camp. I mean, I think that's when everything started. Because uh, that was my first time actually getting on the field, and because I had a little minor injury uh, for OTAs and mandatory mini camp, so I got the training camp and just just uh, made it like a, a regular NFL season. You know, just trying to work on stuff that I feel like I'll be good at for the season. And r- running ball was a little, you know, a struggle for me. It's different than college. I feel like. But, uh, you know, I was very effective in the passing game, and they, they, I was doing that from the jump since I started. So, and uh, just felt good just being able to execute on Sundays like that. And so, like, at one point, I thought you were, like, the fastest receiver. Because Deshaun gets hurt, and Alshon, you know, he wasn't at 100%. And Ertz, let's face it, he's a great and big dude, but he's not a burner like mm-hmm. you. And so there was a point where we talked about you being that downfield threat as a, as a receiver there. And you, you grew into that feature role. And I was thinking to myself, getting ready to talk to you today, you were behind Saquon for a couple of years at Penn State. And then you come into the NFL, Jordan Howard's there. He's blocking your way to getting all that work. It must have been gratifying to eventually get to the point where you're leading the way and making a real difference for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, whole life been a grind. Uh, just kind of kept growing as, as the uh, stuff kept going. And um, like I said, with Jordan uh, getting banged up and Sproles, you know, I had a bigger role, so I had no choice but to step up and show a lot, especially in those last four games. You know, those were very exciting games, even though how important they were. But it was just fun going out there and really competing at a high level and getting those Ws. All right, so Dave, before you got on the set, Dave said, one of us loves you, you'll find out who. <laughs> well, it's me. <laughs> if I were giving out that Rookie of the Year award, it would, I wouldn't even look at the other candidates. I'd just give it straight to you. But I'm looking at a mock Yeah, you, <laughs> you're my man. So I'm looking at a mock draft that we did, a PPR mock draft. Look at this running backs that went ahead of him. Okay, look, I get it. McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley, Elliott. He doesn't get it, though. <laughs> uh, you play fantasy? You into fantasy nah, at all? not really. All right, so these I are the running backs. I about it a lot, though. Yeah, yeah, these yeah, are the guys that went ahead of you. And this is we did this in January, right after the season, and it's for next year. We're not going to play it out, but. This is, you know, hypothetically. Uh, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, uh, Leonard Fournette. Then there, there's me taking Miles Sanders in the middle of the second round. I want to take you, like, up here before Alvin Kamara. You. Uh, you know, I want you to be a stud. Can you can you tell our listeners, our viewers out there, you know, you you have that capability of being McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley, Elliott. What do you see for yourself as a sophomore? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I see myself just getting better and just – uh, building off the year I just had, you know, like I said, I'm, a, try, I'm trying to be more elite and, and more explosive. That's that's all I can really say, and just raise my game to another level. Impressive. I mean, it's impressive, and 
you know, the Eagles have a chance, obviously, to be impressive going into next year. You know, just talk about the thoughts of the team, you know, where you guys go from this year, you know, making the playoff run and then building yeah. off that. Uh, I mean, just based off of this year, uh, the way everything went, all the injuries and stuff, uh, people would have probably expected us to not go anywhere and have a worse record. So, but everything that happened and for us to go as far as we did, I think that shows a lot for our team. And I'm, I'm excited for it for next season once we have everybody healthy. Got to get some uh, some healthy receivers yeah, out there yeah. as well, like Dave said. We don't want you to be the fastest receiver. We want to have give <laughs> yeah. you some yeah, yeah. some help as well. Yeah. So Adam sort of alluded to this to talk about your you know your fantasy uh, you know sort of projections for next year. But I need you to look into that camera right there, and I want you to talk to our fantasy audience and say why they should draft you next season. In fantasy football, in fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> not a big fan of fantasy, but uh, you should draft me because um, I'm one of the one of the running backs that you guys want. Uh, I can catch the ball, run the ball, and block. So. Uh, whatever you need. Um, try to get those points for you next year. Try to take it more serious, you know. But uh, yeah, I need uh, I need twenty five nice. touchdowns. Yeah, give me yeah. twenty five. I got touchdowns. you. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Okay. that's a record, probably. Hey, if you need yeah, if you need a hype man, <laughs> I can tell people he's gonna be behind a great offensive line. Yep. He's got a ton of talent. We saw it at the end of the season. It's gonna carry. They're gonna be smart. They're gonna know. Hey, this is Miles Sanders' team. We're gonna give him the ball. We're gonna give him the keys to the car. <laughs> and take a couple of weeks off against the Giants next year, and I like you even more. <laughs> it's going to be a great. We're looking forward to 2020. Can you coach right. the Eagles? Can you at least call the plays I, I for try. the Eagles? Because that try. would really help. Them. All right. Well, well, Miles is here for a reason. Tell us about Pepsi and what you're doing with them. Uh, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, I'm happy for this opportunity. You know, um, happy to be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. Um, like I said. Uh, none of this is possible without the man upstairs, and I'm just blessed to be here, man. And I'm, Hope he's up there working for me and I can come away with this award because uh, it'll be definitely a dream come true. But um, just happy to be here. And what about Pepsi? What are you doing with them? Pepsi, what are you doing with Pepsi? Uh, just working with them, uh, hopefully, and you know, get this award and represent them. Uh, you got a Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick? Who's going to win the game? On I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Going against the NFC, huh? Yeah, I got the Chiefs this year. Is it just because of uh, don't want to see another NFC team win it or what's the, what's uh, the reason? Not really. Um, I like Andy Reid, so yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And I, I, my boy Shady over there, too. Shady said uh, uh, the other night that he hopes to retire as an Eagle. How, how important would that be to the organization to have him finish his, uh, not necessarily his career there, but obviously, you know, sign one-year deal and, or, or a one-day deal? And, I and think it'll be, it'll be exciting, man. I heard he's a great guy to be around. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to go down as one of the great running backs to ever play the game, too. So uh, for him to come over for his last year, to, um, and beat her, it's a blessing. So uh, I'll be happy for him to come out and retire. So, Miles, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here. Uh, uh, everybody should draft him uh, very high. Some cases, the number one overall. Not in my pick. leagues. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Miles Sanders, great running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, potential offensive rookie of the year as well. Thank you for taking time with us here on Fantasy Thank Football you. today. When we come back, we're going to get into some Senior Bowl talk, looking at what happened last week in Mobile, talking about a couple prominent quarterbacks that could be fantasy options next year. Justin Herbert. And Jordan Love, stay right here. It's Fantasy Football Today. Covering the Chiefs and the 49ers uh, for the Super Bowl all week long. JJ will be on CBS Sports HQ breaking it down, as he always does, giving us great stuff. So you look at this uh, this 49ers offense, this attack, and how Kyle Shanahan's going to sort of go at the Chiefs. Heath, uh, Raheem Mostert coming off just a dominant performance. Jimmy Garoppolo not doing much. But what if the, the, the game flow flips a little bit? And we have to see the 49ers chasing points. How do you think that'll go? I think that's bad news for the 49ers. They need to be able to run the ball, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, because they have to turn to their passing game. That Chiefs pass defense all season long, even when they were struggling, it was that they were struggling stopping the run. They have not given up deep passes at all. If they have to go to the air game, San Francisco is going to be in trouble. You agree? 
Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I was actually talking to a defense backs coach uh, media night and said, we and the media sort of get caught up in, in saying this team has been out-schemed by this other team. But in reality, 99% of what happens happens at the line of scrimmage. Technique. So if you stick to your technique, go from there, you have a better chance of winning than getting caught up in the moment, the Super Bowl, and all that comes along with it. I'm looking at the, the pass rushes for both of these teams and what impact that will have on the passing games for both of these teams. And I just think that the 49ers pass rush is just a little bit better than the Chiefs pass rush. And I think they can impact Mahomes and what he's doing throwing the ball. It's a good thing that Ryan Wilson is joining us here in Fantasy Football today. Stay in between Heath and Dave. You know, any Chiefs negative talk here, first time Chiefs to the Super Bowl in 50 years, Heath would like to see a Kansas City victory. Longtime Chiefs fan down on the end there. So we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl here. That's why Ryan is here. He is our fan of fantasy draft. He is our NFL draft I'm going to call you the guru. I have a radio host uh, that sits a couple spots over there. He calls me the fantasy guru. I'm going to call you the draft guru. So Ryan's here uh, along with Dave. They were both at uh, Mobile, Alabama, breaking down the senior bowl here. And uh, we're going to sort of do a little bit of a fantasy spin on it with what these guys were able to witness uh, down there in Mobile. So, Ryan, I want to start with you. Uh, we were talking about this last night. You know, some guys that were at the 2019 senior bowl and how they sort of turned into pretty decent fantasy options. Two receivers in particular, you brought this up, uh, Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel. Is there uh, – a scenario that you see that, you know, uh, something similar and, and, and talk about those two guys and what they were able to accomplish last year. Yeah, last year Devo Samuel arrived in, in Mobile with, uh, there were a lot of questions. He had injury history at South Carolina and also there were concerns about his speed. And I remember talking to him after one of the practices and he said, I think I proved that I can run. And uh, his senior bowl just got better from there. We were talking to Chris Carter earlier uh, on set and uh, second round pick. Not very much in the way of expectations. He was second in the team in receiving for the 49ers behind George Kittle, so that's a pretty good season. Terry McLaurin's another guy. Going into the Senior Bowl, he was a special teams guy, and he had a fantastic week, and he was easily, and we were talking about this last night, Jamie, not only valuable fantasy-wise, but he was their best offensive player, uh, even as Dwayne Hassett was trying to learn his, learn the ropes there as a rookie quarterback. You know, a couple, a couple of quarterbacks last year that splashed as well, Daniel Jones and then Gardner Minshew kind of improved his stock at the Senior Bowl, and you look at what those two guys did last year. Daniel Jones had two of the best quarterback games of any quarterback, not just rookie quarterbacks, in terms of fantasy production, and Gardner Minshew came out of nowhere yeah. to be someone we were actually using in fantasy, and it just kind of shows how much fit and opportunity is going to matter for these guys as rookies. And some guys that we may not expect, Minshew in particular, it's uh, amazing how Heath can work Gardner Minshew into any conversation <laughs> that we do, especially if you listen to our Fantasy Football Today podcast where you can download on iTunes and wherever podcasts are found. So let's get into the 2020 Senior Bowl and we'll start with the quarterbacks. Good transition, Heath, talking about those two guys um, in Minshew and Jones. And Justin Herbert was the big name that was there. So uh, I'll let you guys just, you know, have a little conversation here. Let's have some fun with it. So Justin Herbert, where do you see him sort of going in the draft and how do you see this sort of playing out for him, the quarterback Morgan? I think he's going to be a top 10 pick because once you get past Burrow and Tua, he's the next best guy that's there. And I think he did a really good job at the Senior Bowl proving to all the coaches and scouts that are there that he can work under center. He said that he had been working on being under center for only two weeks before the Senior Bowl, and then he went out there and he did it. And other than a couple of things about his footwork, I think he was fine. The only thing I didn't see from, from Herbert, and this is maybe the only strike against him, is just under-pressure plays. And you don't get a lot of that at the Senior Bowl. You definitely don't get that at practice. No blitzing. And so when he's throwing deep in practices like we saw, he's connecting on everything. But when that blitz is there and he's under pressure, what type of a quarterback is he? Because at Oregon, he wasn't always effective in that type of a situation. Yeah, you're exactly right, Dave. And I talked to uh, Justin Herbert on Tuesday at Media Day, and usually these – 
players have talked to coaches and they've told them what they want to see throughout the week. And I said to Justin, what do you, what do coaches want to see from you? He mentioned nothing about arm strength, nothing about footwork. He said leadership. That's the first thing he said and all he said. And that was one of the big hurdles. You don't see that in practice. But as we go through this process, that's what they're going to be talking about. And Dave is exactly right. He set the world on fire at the Senior Bowl. And I, I talked to a coach about this. He said, you can fall in love when you see these guys in person for the first time. He didn't have a great 2019 season. I think he's like a second-round pick, but Dave's right. He's going to be a top 10, top 15 pick, worst case. Bengals fans are just absolutely terrified right yes. now. They, they were there and, yeah, right. coaching him they got and a saw him play like that for a week, and they've made some bad decisions in the past. I think I, they know what they're doing. I, I think they know what they're you doing, too. I think Bengals fans are probably a little bit worried because they've dealt with and, – and, and we should mention guys like Joe Burrow, obviously Tua with the injury. Right. They're not going to be playing at the Senior Bowl, so you're going to see some names that we discussed that aren't some of the top-tier guys. Uh, Heath, I want to get your take on this because Ryan and I got a chance to speak to Darwin Thompson Monday night uh, during media night, and he was glowing about Jordan Love. And so, uh, Ryan, you could let him know the comparison that he made. First words out of his mouth. I didn't prompt him. Patrick Mahomes. And <laughs> That's he, not fair. <laughs> he was extremely excited to talk about Jordan Love. And, and the reason being is that Darwin Thompson, Utah State, and, and same They played thing. together right, last right, year in 2018, and that was a very explosive team. The 2019 version of Utah State struggled in large part because Jordan Love had no one around him. Offensive line changed, the playmakers changed, the coaching staff. And he admitted to me at the Senior Bowl last week that he tried to do too much. But to, to Jamie's point, Darwin Thompson was extremely high on him. He said he is a first-round talent. He reminds me in a lot of things he does physically, arm strength, of, of being a Patrick Mahomes. I did say better arm Patrick or, or Jordan, and he said Patrick is a jugs machine. So yeah, no right. Human right. jugs machine yeah, is, it, is, is what he said. Um, uh, Ryan, comparisons of, of Herbert and, and Love, who do they sort of comp to you know, in the NFL now? Well, Patrick Mahomes is a good comp. So, and I think also in the sense that with Jordan Love, he has to sit for a year. You can't force him out there. And I wouldn't force Justin Herbert out there as well. And you sort of see Ryan Tannehill in Justin Herbert. He's more experienced than Tannehill was. He was a converted wide receiver. The, the, the Tennessee version of Ryan Tannehill, not the Dolphins version. Yeah, you're hoping you're getting the Tennessee version. But he needs to be, and Dave sort of touched on this, he needs to be put in a situation to have some success because he has been inconsistent. The offensive changes and all that. But I think Tannehill... Uh, Tennessee version, best case. And Patrick Mahomes, obviously, would be a home run for Jordan Well, Lewis. and I think when you say Patrick Mahomes, people think, oh, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. No, it's not what we're talking about. Like, there was a lot, of, there were a lot of questions about Patrick Mahomes yes. coming into that rookie year, and he did have to land in a spot with Andy Reid with such a great support system. That's probably going to be key for Jordan Love. You sound like Darwin Thompson. Dar- Darwin Thompson. <laughs> right, right. Word for, when you, when you said about Gardner Minshew and, and, uh, Daniel Jones, that's exactly what he was saying. He said, if he was playing with a Tyree Kill, he said if he was playing in a Bill Belichick right. type system. Yes. That's if right. he ends up in a spot where he can sort of shine, that's going to help any of these guys. And so, the quarterbacks are certainly going to be interesting again. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, those are probably the first two guys off the board, and then we'll see how the rest of these guys sort of slot in. So for the running backs at the Senior Bowl, not exactly the most exciting group. You don't have DeAndre Swift, you don't have J.K. Dobbins, you don't have some of the top-tier guys. Again, similar situation, those guys not showing up. And so, Dave, I'm going off your rank list here of the guys that you list, and you could read Dave's story on CBSSports.com about his fantasy breakdown of the Senior Bowl. But Joshua Kelly was the one that you came away the most impressed with, but as you wrote about, it's not exactly the most exciting group. As we go back to last year, I was looking at it uh, when Ryan sort of brought up about the guys. You had guys like Rykel Armstead, Tony Pollard, you know, guys that sort of came in and filled roles, backups, you know, when they got a chance to play Pollard in the preseason, Rykel Armstead, as we saw in week 17, they had a chance to play well. Can you see a similar situation with any of these guys that if they get the right opportunity, maybe as a backup, they could be fantasy relevant at some point in 2020? So the term fantasy relevant is important here. Are we talking about a guy that's going to be in a, in a committee situation and maybe share? Not a Miles Sanders, not a Josh Jacobs, but somebody else. Perfect. Right. Yes. I think almost all these guys could be in there. There's a lot of third down types of running backs on this list. The one who's closest to not being on that list is Kelly. 
because he's, he's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit bigger than a lot of the other running backs that are there. And I was really impressed with him. I, I didn't like what I saw from him at UCLA, and I watched a little film before going to the Senior Bowl. But at the Senior Bowl, he was displaying great vision, great quickness, good acceleration through the hole. He was making big plays. He did it in the game. He had over 100 yards in the game. And I think that maybe playing behind a better offensive line, it was an all-star offensive line yeah. that he was playing behind, I think that might have made the difference for him. And so it's funny that a running back in a Chip Kelly offense can't impress, but the same guy putting the offense of a pro-style team at the Senior yeah. Bowl did come through. I don't know if he's going to be somebody that's going to be you know, anointed to a starter in the NFL and someone that fantasy managers are going to gravitate toward in round six or seven or something like that. But maybe toward the end of the draft, Kelly would be one of a handful of names that were there who could get that done. Yeah, you know, I like Dino Benjamin a lot. Uh, Pete Prisco's alma mater, Arizona State. Uh, he didn't have a great 2019 season. They were playing with a uh, freshman quarterback, excuse me. 2018, really good year. He is a great option in terms of the passing game, which I know is, is important for fantasy purposes. Uh, he's not as big as Kelly. He's a little smaller, but he runs hard. He can run through the middle. Uh, but in terms of the versatility, I think he brings that probably better than anyone we saw uh, at the Senior Bowl. These guys are probably what? Fourth, fifth, sixth round picks yep. type of guys. Yeah, so we'll see uh, where, where they end up. And this is going to be key for a lot of these guys, right backup situations, you know, replacing some of the handcuffs that we talk about. And these are going to be some late round picks that we're targeting. Let's move to the receivers because it's a much more exciting group. And again, some of the top tier guys clearly not here. But you guys have a similar guy in mind that came away from the Senior Bowl that impressed you, and that's Van Jefferson. I'm excited to hear about this because I'm a Florida guy. So, uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. When you see Van Jefferson, what he was able to do at the Combine, coming off of what he did at Florida, how does he sort of stack up to some of the top-tier guys in this class? Well, this isn't a concern for fantasy purposes, and it shouldn't be an NFL concern. He's going to be 24 years old by the time the season starts. Who cares? Uh, his dad, Sean Jefferson, who is uh, an assistant coach now, played a long time in the NFL, and he is one of the best route runners in, in this draft class. He's fast. He played at Florida, as you know, Jamie, and um, if you want to watch what he can do, you watch the LSU game where he actually absolutely takes Derek, uh, Derek Stingley to town. Derek Stingley is the best cornerback in college football, and it was a sight to behold. He did the exact same thing in the Combine, and this is some, some clips from the Combine here. You couldn't guard him, and I don't know what that translates fantasy-wise, but he is going to be a guy that sneaks probably. Oh, we like it when you can't get guarded. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's so he, a good thing. There's a guy that has that in his Twitter handle. <laughs> can't guard Mike. It worked out okay. Can't guard Van. So he might be a third round, even a day day three pick, but uh, he's Ooh. a guy that could, that could, we'll see, let's go through the process, but who could contribute right away. Higher? I, I think if there's only one reason why he doesn't go on day two, it's because of the age. It's because he's 24. And we'll see how he tests. And, and sure, but I mean, you know that he's a great football player, and the way that he ran routes out there, he was better than everyone else. I think he's an NFL-ready slot receiver, and I think he's got a chance to develop into a number one type of outside receiver. I think he's got great potential. I think in dynasty leagues, you could take him with a late first-round pick. Another guy that you both agree on, and I'm going off of your top ten list of players who impressed at the, at the Combine, is uh, Denzel Mims. And so you came away impressed with him. I think you yep. had him third. Uh, no, it was a little had, lower than that, but I liked him, a lot of the receivers. You had him fifth. I'm, I'm going on KJ Hill. You had him fifth on your list and that was just another player that impressed you, Ryan. So, uh, Dave, talk about Denzel Mims and what he was able to do at the conference. He was one, at of, the, several, the one of several receivers at the Senior Bowl who's, who's big and rangy, you know, tall, physical, but he's one of a few who's tall, physical, and fast. And he really put that on display. He surprised the heck out of me at this game and in the practices. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was an early day three pick because there are so many big guys in this draft as far as physical wide receivers. I think he's somebody that can contribute Maybe eventually get to the point where he's around seven, eight hundred yards, five or six touchdowns. Not somebody who's going to be a dynamo in fantasy football. Yeah, this draft class is so incredibly deep at wide receiver that uh, I think Dave's onto something. But six three, two fifteen, and he was very physical to the line of scrimmage. Had very little trouble getting open. 
And again, when you play at Baylor, uh, not a very complicated offense in terms of what they do for the route tree. You get, sort of get your eyes open when you see him in person. And uh, I think he's raw, so he's going to have some time to need to develop. So that's not going to be a year one thing, maybe not even a year two thing. But again, as they say, he made himself some money last week in Mobile. A lot of receivers we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks and several months as well. Let's move to the tight ends now. Uh, Dave, a guy that you liked is Steven Sullivan. Ryan, you kind of had a little different take. Adam Troutman was the guy I think you came away the most impressed with. Uh, Dave, you had him number two on your list. Let's yeah, talk about those two guys. Yeah, I, and again, I don't know how soon these guys are going to be fantasy relevant. They both have the look and feel to me of a tight end that needs one year to kind of get themselves ready. And then in that second season, they break out. And so Stephen Sullivan, what I liked the best about him is that he was a good blocker and an even better pass catcher. He's more of an Evan Ingram than a George Kittle, but he was still getting the job done blocking, at least at the Senior Bowl. We'll see if he can do that at the NFL level. Troutman will eventually be like a Kittle, like a Kelsey, as far as a blocker and as a pass. Off the expectations. Well, I just don't know if he's going to be a big play threat down the field, but if he lands in the right offense where he's used regularly, he'll be a good short area target. He could have a couple of seasons with seven-plus touchdowns. Yeah, they couldn't guard Troutman last week in the one-on-one drills. And And they couldn't get off his blocks either. I'm not talking about linebackers. I'm talking about safety. So he was extremely dynamic. Played at uh, FSCS Dayton, excuse me, and he he uh, scored four touchdowns in the game. And there were scouts leaving in the third quarter. There was nothing else for them to see. He proved himself against the uh, the bigger competition last week. And I don't think year one is going to be a, a big production year. But uh, just in terms of being an NFL fan of someone with Trout and one on your team, I feel like that's someone you can look forward to having uh, a really good career as an explosive down the field guy. Right. Well, we saw it last year with TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, like even the best of the right. tight end prospects. Year one's usually not the thing for those guys. You got to be patient with those guys in dynasty. All right, Heath, right. It down. Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, Adam Troutman, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. The comps are already <laughs> starting. This is the draft process as we start to move along as we get closer to the NFL draft, which will be in lovely Las Vegas. But we're still here live from Radio Row in South Beach. And coming up next, a guy who knows a lot about Miami. Greatest player in Miami Dolphins history is going to join us. Hall of Famer Dan Marino will be here on Fantasy Football Today. Welcome back here to lovely South Beach. Man, I wish I was on a boat right now. Be a lot of fun. Beautiful weather out here in South Beach. Site of Super Bowl 54. We're coming to you live from Radio Row here, Miami Beach Convention Center. Having a lot of fun. Talking to a lot of uh, big-time stars. Adam Azer still drooling over Miles Sanders joining us earlier on the show today. I'll probably start drooling in a second as we're going to be joined by uh, one of my childhood heroes, Dan Marino. Grew up a Dolphins fan, watching Dan. Um, I'm going to try and contain myself. Uh, I've got a chance to be around him quite a bit, so uh, I've kind of got used to it, but still. Oh, it's no always, big deal. It's oh, always, Dan Marino. It's would, you rather, would you rather be on a boat with us or Dan Marino? I mean, Dan Marino. <laughs> See you guys enough. It'd, it'd, be, a better, it'd be a better boat, yeah, yeah, for sure. It'd be a much better boat. Uh, star of Ace Ventura as well. Yeah. All right, so welcome back to Fantasy Football today here. As we wait for uh, Marino to show up, we're going to talk about a couple other quarterbacks. Uh, one in particular I got a chance to speak to yesterday here on Radio Road, Dak Prescott. You can check out the full interview on CBS Sports HQ. But uh, first question I asked Dak was, a year from now, if we're sitting here talking, are you still going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? And he said, that's the plan. We know he's heading into free agency. Uh, I asked him, I said, did you feel like you did everything you can to put yourself in position to earn that big deal? And he said he did. So. Uh, when you look at Dak coming off this 2019 campaign, going into 2020, your thoughts on him as a fantasy quarterback? Top five. Top five fantasy quarterback. Even if he loses Amari Cooper? Even if he loses Amari Cooper, I would expect them to try and replace Cooper to some degree there. But you know the two tags are going to be in use here for the Cowboys. They're going to use the franchise in the transition to try and keep both of them. So I think it's in their plans and certainly their best interest to keep Dak Prescott. But his mobility is good. His passing is great. Keeping... 
keeping Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator is huge, and I think having Mike McCarthy be there to just put the finishing touches on his game will refine him to a point where he's going to be even better as a quarterback. Yeah, I think he just had his best year in terms of passing guards. I don't think he's reaching 4,900 again. If he doesn't have Amari Cooper, there's no way he's top five. I don't even know if he's top ten at that point. He'd be one of those sort of safe guys that you play that doesn't have huge upside. Uh, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's projected him for about 45, 4,600 passing guards, which would still be among the league leaders. So he's going to be always a very safe quarterback, won't hurt you, and certainly will be top ten. I'm thinking more like number seven or something like that. But I very- did ask him if, uh, if he and Amari are a package deal, and he said, you know, we don't talk about our contracts to that level. I spoke to Amari at the Pro Bowl, and he said, you know, he would obviously like to remain as a member of the Cowboys. I know that would make you very happy because yeah. you're a big Amari Cooper fan. Uh, but I think we're going to have to see how both these things play out. Maybe the tags are in play for both of them. I'm sure they'd like to reach a long-term deal with one. But if we do see one guy walk, at this point, it's probably going to be Cooper just because sure. of the nature of you have to pay the quarterback, you have to pay Dak. Yep. He did say that he was excited about Mike McCarthy. He said he wouldn't have been as excited if it was a college coach coming in, but he likes the fact that McCarthy has the Super Bowl on his resume. And I think he thinks he's going to help him take that next step in his career, whether that transcends to fantasy production remains to be seen, but he is going to be drafted as a number one quarterback. Another guy that I Another guy that I spoke to yesterday was Alvin Kamara, who was part of our set here on CBS Sports HQ. And I asked him, I said, uh, have you talked to Drew yet, Drew Brees? Uh, do you expect him to come back? And he said his gut feeling is that Drew will return for at least one more season. We know that he's entering free agency. He's also expected to uh, uh, remain with the with the Saints if he does come back. So thoughts on uh, Brees and, and what uh, his outlook is for 2020. I'll tell you what. I had a hard time ranking Brees for fantasy in 2020. There are so many other quarterbacks that are just in, in, a, in a great situation. And Brees was great, too. The injury, I think some people are going to look at the final numbers from 2019 and say, oh, he wasn't as good, he's falling off. But he was really ultimately great, especially at home. I think he'll be one of those quarterbacks that you find at a good value on draft day. Going to be round 8-plus for Drew Brees. That's pretty incredible. And if you're not 100% sold and you still draft him, you can always take another quarterback a few rounds later. You ever uh, go out to a restaurant and you go, you know, order your food, you go back to, you know, go bathroom or something, you come back and your food's there and you just come back and everything's great. <laughs> we go to a, a graphic and we're going to come back on camera. And joining us on set is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Hall of Famer, Dan Marino. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks today. for having me. Yeah, you guys having fun so far in Miami? Yeah, uh, treating you right. We are absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're all in South Florida. We're 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 just right oh, up, to, road, yeah, so yeah. up to New York. Not not, not too far away. South Florida. You uh, decided to move up. To New York. All right. Well, still you're having fun. We're having a great time. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. That's it, all, it, can't, it can't be bad when you're joining us here on, oh, on our thank set. You. We appreciate thank that. You, so, Dan, I want to ask you about uh, the Super Bowl, big game coming up on Sunday with the Chiefs and and the 49ers. And uh, we joke a lot and 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 joke in a good way that Patrick Mahomes has a, a similar comparison to you. I actually call him Patrick Marino because oh, of okay. what he uh, what he is able to do on the field. Lofty expectations for him to live up to. But when you look at Mahomes, what he's able to accomplish in his second year as a starter, getting to the Super Bowl, similar situation to you, which you're able to accomplish in your second sure. season. Uh, just talk about your impressions of Mahomes and what you see from him as a quarterback. So, man, everything's positive. You know, the things you see in him as far as uh, his ability to throw the football uh, from all angles, velocity, accuracy, is you know, moving the ball around, probably because of the baseball background, you know, his sense of his sense in the pocket, how he moves in the pocket, then knowing when to run also and, and running safely. You know, that's the, you know he runs smart. Uh, but the one thing from just hearing people that worked and been working with him and around him, that he loves football. You know, he loves football. He's the, the first guy in there. He watches all the film, first guy out, loves to compete. Uh, so for me, and then also the fact that he – 
they know that he can bring them from behind and win. 24 points in a playoff game to come from behind and score. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, yeah. that, that's never been done before, like right. in one quarter. Right. Uh, so now he knows, his teammates know, he knows they can do that. So that, that makes him very dangerous. On the other hand, Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game. So let's say you had a game and you threw eight passes. What would the Monday meeting with Don Shula have been like <laughs> after a game like that? Uh, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have came to Monday. It would have been during the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just joking. But, uh, you know, that's how they're winning football games. You know, they're winning it that way. That's the coach's decision because they can run the ball so well. And actually, it's not a bad philosophy because you keep Kansas City off the field, keep them on the sideline. That's the best defense is doing that. Um, but I, in this game, I don't, I don't. He's going to have to throw it a lot more than eight times. Uh, I expect him to do that, and uh, he's capable. He's shown it before this year. I mean, he's he's come from behind in games, thrown in big shootouts against the Saints. He did that, that against huge. the Saints, yep. huge game. Yep. So you know, you know, he can do it. It's just a matter of what their approach is, what they want to do offensively, strategically to get the best uh, out of their offense only, and also keeping. Keeping Mahomes on the sideline. Yeah, that's an important thing. I was in Mobile last okay. week yep. in the press box. Two rows in front of me was okay. you. Okay. So I love that you were there with the Dolphins, maybe scouting quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but I'm, I would believe that your eyes would be on the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, just some general thoughts on what you saw from him in Mobile. You know, it's a, it's a long way away. I thought the kid had a really good week, you know, so that's, uh, um, that's a positive. So they're all, they're all, they're all, they're all, they're all great. It was, it was fun watching. Um, uh, I enjoy going to that because you get to know them a little bit and see how they work up close, and uh, that's the best part. Awesome. If I could draw another comparison with Mahomes and Marino. So second season in the NFL, you, you guys had pretty similar years, about 5,000 passing yards, 48, 50 touchdowns. I was curious, did you ever feel any pressure to live up to that season? Uh, you know, Was that record-breaking season at such a young age ever any type of burden on you? So... Uh, I would say no because you know you know you've already done it once that mm-hmm. that you can do it again if you need to or it's but it's still at the end of the day it's about winning you know the stats are great and throwing 50 and 48 touchdowns you see it on the screen there and that's awesome but it's about getting to the Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls and a couple of years later after that 84 saves I think I threw 44 so it wasn't like we we're still throwing a lot of touchdowns but uh, it's about winning football games. So I, I wouldn't think, like, I didn't look back. I didn't go into every year saying, oh, I got to throw 50 touchdowns now, you know, to have a good year. It was, to me, it was more like, okay, I got to win 12 games. We got to get in the playoffs and whatever that takes, if it's 50 or if it's 30 or whatever that is. So I, I, would, I wouldn't think that, I, I wouldn't think he would think that way either. So Mahomes was the MVP last year. This year, it looks like it's going to be Lamar Jackson. He had a hell of a year. The quarterback position seems to be changing a little bit. Are sure. you seeing that? And what are your thoughts on that? Where they're being a lot more mobile now than they so were even I, a couple of years ago. I think it's because the way the college game is somewhat. You know, with all the you know you got the bubble screens, you got the RPOs, and you get a uh, and a kid that you know is playing seven on seven at an early age. So these guys are ready. You know, they're ready a lot quicker because of their athleticism. I would say, um, but still going to you still have to throw the ball from the pocket no matter what, or just move enough in the pocket to be able to throw from different positions, yep. you know, to win football games, I think, on a consistent basis, you know, throughout your career. So you're going to see – I love it. I mean, I love watching Lamar Jackson play and, and uh, the way he plays. And um, it's, it's, it's just part of the game now. I do love what you said, though, recently, where you said that if you played today, you could throw for 6,060. <laughs> is, is that something you The believe? best part – 
The best part about that is I don't have to prove it. <laughs> so I can right. just say whatever I want. You know? I agree <laughs> with you. I think you could do it. I think you could do it. I mean, who knows? But uh, <laughs> once again, it's about winning. But that could happen. Someone could do that. Uh, talk about your impressions of the Dolphins and the direction that they're heading. I mean, Sorry, obviously, I I didn't hear that. Uh, the Dolphins, the direction that they're heading. I mean, what, what Brian Flores like, did very, and everything. You know, I'm excited. Like, I'm sure all Dolphin fans are excited about, you know, the year started off slow and how we built up and we're starting to, you know, we were, I think it was 5-4 and four down at the end of the uh, season there. Uh, really like what Coach Flores is doing as far as just his approach to football, uh, disciplinarian, expects guys to love football, to work hard. Uh, to respect the game, all those things are important, and and uh, I see that. I see that in our young guys, and I think there's going to be a nice future there. It looks like it's uh, going to be fun, and, and like Dave said, you know, scouting the quarterback, see what's going to be the next uh, with the draft, and obviously everything that okay. unfolds with that. Uh, we know you're here as part of Isotoner. Uh, you've yes, been with Isotoner some, forever, I right? Some, well, <laughs> so we had the gloves for all those years, right. and we still have Isotoner gloves, but they're doing Zen slip-ons right now and i brought some up for you guys and oh, i think you. they're oh, actually wow. may even be the same size okay but uh you know they have uh i'm wearing mine so you can see them right there where well, you yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. you can't hey, see them on the screen like this. but i'm wearing they look just like that uh-huh. exactly and it's uh very comfortable you can wear them indoors outdoors uh i've uh been with them for a lot of years and they came back a couple years ago we did our 25 year anniversary wow. of the original commercial i did yeah. and then they wanted to do slippers so we have the zen slip-ons we call them slip-ons and the fact that you can wear them indoor and outdoor. So I got I got a pair for each of you guys. Thank, Thank awesome. you. Thank you so yeah. much. I, I believe and, no, and you have to wear them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me, I what will. My feet, <laughs> my feet are too big. These are too big. I think right they now. asked for your size. Yeah, oh, all right, great. You were, you were doing a nice soda commercial in the Ace Ventura movie, right? That's when they kidnapped so you? Yeah. They kidnapped me with Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. The rewrite. Yeah. The, re- the rewrite part. So you yeah. know well. Yeah, that's my best work. Ace Ventura. Not Bad Boys too. No, I saw. I saw. was better, but uh, Bad Boys is pretty bit. good. Uh, yeah, uh, I you got to that a little bit. Before we let you go, you got a Super Bowl pick for Sunday. So I'm going to pick Kansas City. I think I think the the game will be lower scoring than people are going to think. You know, but I do like Kansas City. Uh, both teams maybe under 30 each. You know, so oh, close game. Okay. Dan, I want to see a close game. Yeah, yeah. I think Please. you're going to get it. I think yeah. you're going to get it. Better than last year. Should, yeah. should be really should be a fun. fun one. One. I'm excited about it. Dan, we appreciate you taking the time. To Thank you guys. Us. Appreciate Thank it. You so much. We appreciate the Thanks. Isaac Toners as well. And uh, awesome. check out everything Dan is doing with Isaac Toner as well as the Miami Dolphins. Thank you. Back here next on Fantasy Football Today, we're going to break down some of the running backs in this game as we take a look at the DFS perspective, giving you some players that you may be leaning on. Raheem Mostert, Damian Williams. Stay right here to Fantasy Football Today. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today here live from Radio Row. Scene of uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. I'm a little, uh, <laughs> a little flustered here. Yeah. Dan Marino, uh, the uh, the sports writer I grew up adoring, idolizing, is uh, about ten feet away uh, talking to Pete Prisco. I'm sure Pete is annoying him. Dave Hyde of the uh, South Florida Sun Sentinel. So I'm on cloud nine. And right Heath now. is here. And Heath is back. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Heath Cummings, Adam Mazur, Dave Richard. As we're breaking down everything here from uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four from the Miami Beach Convention Center, we're going to talk a little DFS now for the game uh, between the Chiefs and the 49ers, and we're talking about the running back. So Damian Williams is the most expensive one on either site: fourteen thousand dollars on Fanduel, fourteen thousand seven hundred dollars on DraftKings. And for Fanduel and DraftKings, you know they do different pricing. Uh, with Fanduel, you have the MVP spot to use, and so that sort of changes things how you build your lineup. Raheem Mostert is next: thirteen thousand five hundred. 14,100 on DraftKings, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breed, etc. Uh, when you look at Damian Williams, I think he's going to have a monster game. I've been talking to a lot of guys around here. 
Uh, unfortunately, the one that I've been talking to the most is Pete Prisco, and he says that uh, he thinks this is going to be a big Damian Williams game with Mahomes getting the ball out quick. Uh, Heath, how do you sort of approach the DFS angle with the running backs here when you look at uh, Williams and, and, and the rest of the Chiefs guys? I've built a lot of uh, lineups already on FanDuel, and every single one of them has had Damian Williams in the MVP spot, so I agree with you 100%. I think the Chiefs are probably going to come out early in this game and have him very involved to slow down that San Francisco You think pass. running? Running and catching the ball both. I think total yards. I, it's interesting with the 49ers run defense because they have had times like against Dalvin Cook where they look completely dominant. They also gave up four and a half yards per carry this year. and They've had teams that have been able to run against them. And a lot of times that's been teams that are very good passing the ball when they've kind of sacrificed giving up those yards on the ground. And I think Damian Williams is going to have a good day. I'm not particularly interested in playing any of the 49ers running backs except for maybe Kyle Juszczyk. I don't know. Well, check just because he's cheap, right? He's dirt cheap, and I, I do think you can throw the ball to running backs against the Chiefs, and there have been times over the last two seasons where he's been their most targeted running back. Let, let's stay with the Chiefs, Adam. Do you think that we see LaShawn McCoy get any sort of touches just as a celebratory thing, no. you know, making the Super Bowl, or is it just all about getting the win and giving the guys that uh, have been playing? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think it's Damian Williams. It's his show, but I don't think he's going to be as good. I'm not starting the running backs in my DFS lineups because, first of all, with San Francisco, we'll get to that, but... I, if Coleman plays, you do have to be worried about a split there, even though Mostert shouldn't be splitting carries. But as far as Damian Williams goes, I mean, this 49ers run defense is really good. I think he's selling them short. They also give up the second fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. You look at they faced Christian McCaffrey and did very well against him. Not that he had no receiving production, but he didn't have a huge game. Different quarterback scenario. It, it, you know, but it doesn't matter. They faced Alvin Kamara. These are the, some of the best of the best, and they've done. They've always held their own. Even Aaron Jones, he caught the touchdown, but he didn't exactly have a big game receiving. In five catches. For like 27 yards. So, he, they're, you know, they're very, very good in that but aspect. the Packers don't have a good quarterback. Anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, look, I, I mean, I, I, I think... Pete's brought up the fact that you know he watched the Chargers tape and he sees similarities in the Chargers and the Niners. I think it's just because he went Bosa to Bosa. Uh, sure, and you know the running backs are having big games in the passing game. I think the 49ers defense is legit. I mean they have absolutely smothered guys like Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones, once Alvin Kamara. Horrible games. We're talking like five PPR fantasy points. So I I'm not as bullish on Damian. And, and I think I just want to bring up one point because you said this: you're not playing the running backs. This is the the showdown slates that we're talking about. You right. don't have to play yeah. everybody at every position. So I think that's what you're you're bringing. Up. I just want to make sure people yeah. are aware of that. It's a, it's a different thing. So, Dave, when you look at the – let's go to the 49ers now. So, Mostert's coming off just that absolutely dominant performance in the NFC Championship game. We know we just talked to Dan Marino. They threw the ball eight times. Yeah. It may not be the same scenario. But if Tevin Coleman does play, Adam sort of touched on this. I talked to Tevin uh, Monday night at, at media night. He said he's hoping to get out there. It's not a guarantee yet. But if, in fact, we do have both guys playing, does that make you want to stay away from one of the two? Do you play one of the cheaper guys just uh, with the hope that it goes back to split? Remember, two games ago, it was the Tevin Coleman show. And last game, it was the Raheem Mostert show because Coleman got hurt. So they've each proven that they can get the job done. I think if you're setting a lineup for the game, you can either go contrarian and start both of them. You could even throw Damian Williams in there and then ignore the quarterbacks and hope for a low-scoring game where both teams find ways to run the football. But if the 49ers are trailing, and I think a lot of people believe that that's going to be the case, who's going to be the one that catches the ball and makes the most plays? I think that would be Mostert. And so his price is inflated. I don't like saying this, but I think he's probably the best, most reliable one to start off anybody on this list. He would be if it wasn't for this pricing, but they are priced as if it's Raheem Mostert's the number one running back, Tevin Coleman's the number two running back, and the other guys aren't going to do anything at all. And we've just not been able to predict the four. No, that, that's exactly like how that it is. All year Breed, long. Breed is done. Breed got one carry last Breed week, is, yes. and, and Coleman got hurt. 
He did. But okay, he, so he's not involved anymore. So, so, it's over. So two scenarios. Let's just say we find out Sunday, Tevin Coleman inactive. Shoulders bad. Does that make you change your opinion on Mostert? That would make me more interested in Mostert, but I still think he's overpriced. You agree? Yeah, because I think the the game uh, the game script could be really bad for him, and and the Chiefs defense gotten a lot better against the run, so I'm avoiding it. It could be very bad, or it could be really good. Exactly, (laughs) things go the way that they that they want. It It goes the way of the Niners' defense, and they're going to be able to run the ball and do what they want and try and keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. And if they're playing from behind, they've got to put a running back on there who can go and catch some passes. Mostert, let's give him credit. He has been a stud. He has faced some really good run defenses. Tampa Bay in week one, the Saints, the Ravens, he crushed the Ravens. It has not mattered. He has run through everybody. So I do think that he could have a big game, but I think he has to have a big game to live up to the price tag, as Heath was mentioning. But let's also touch on this. The the Chiefs, we you know, Dan Marino alluded to this when we just spoke to him earlier. They've been behind in each of the last two games. They were down by 24 po- 21, 20, 24 points uh, against the Texans. They were down by 10 points against the Titans. If they're trailing against this defense... It's going to be tough. And if that's the case, if they get off to a slow start, then that plays right into the run game for San Francisco. To what degree? That's what we have to see. It's not going to be a 200-plus yard game for Raheem Mostert where he's getting 100 yards before anybody touches him, 100 yards before contact. But it still could be 80 yards in a touchdown, could be 80 yards in two touchdowns. It could be a really big game for him if the Chiefs offense and the Chiefs defense doesn't go well early in the game. Um, if Tevin Coleman does play, though, any interest in playing him, knowing that we saw two games ago he had 22 carries, could be the guy that maybe does enough in a split situation that has a success. Far, far more interested in Tevin Coleman than Raheem Mostert, just for the simple fact that there's room for profit. I don't think there's very much room for profit for Raheem Mostert. Yes, he could possibly live up to that price. It's going to be hard for him to provide a great value at that price. Tevin Coleman, if he ends up getting 18 carries in this game and catches a couple of passes, it really shouldn't surprise anyone because it's gone back and forth like that all year long, and he's priced like a backup running back. Well, it didn't go back and forth until the, the first playoff game. against Right. It, it, Coleman was basically uninvolved. That was such a surprise, that playoff game. Let me ask you this, Heath. Let's say Coleman does play. I could see a scenario where he's active but not healthy. And everybody backs off of Raheem Mostert, and all of a sudden Mostert is getting that feature work, and Coleman's basically just an active decoy. It's certainly possible. Yeah, I, I'm not certain that Raheem Mostert is the lead guy is a, a guarantee to be good at 13-5 yeah, anyway. It's a lot. So, yeah. like it's, it's as a tournament play, sure, anybody could be a good tournament play, and if he becomes contrarian, I'll like him a little bit more because right now I don't think he's going to be. Why use check? Uh, because the Chiefs defense has had some problems with pass-catching running backs, and the 49ers over the last couple of years have had stretches where Kyle Juszczyk is their best pass-catching guy out of the backfield. Also, I think Kyle Shanahan and really that whole team, when you hear them talk about him, they view him as extremely important to what they do, mostly as a blocker and as a, as a decoy and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if they involve him in a couple of pass plays. He could catch a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Drop a, a play for him specifically. He could run for a touchdown on a fullback dive. But let me. But how about this? He's so cheap, right? And you put him in there so you can get other great players right. in there. Let's say he has his third straight game with zero touches and he's in your lineup. Can you still yes. win in that scenario? No. no. You pro- I don't think you probably can, because there, at least on FanDuel, because there are a couple other guys. You're choosing between Juszczyk. Um, Miko Hartman is $6,000. Um, Darwin Thompson Darwin Thompson are both $6,000. There's there's so there's several guys in that range. If he does nothing at all, one of those guys is going to do something, and a lot of people are going to have that other four-player combination that you have, which well, it's the two tight ends, it's Damian Williams, it's Patrick Mahomes. We have, we have a couple of Juszczyk prop bets here, and I was listening to the guys on Sportsline last night. I forget it. <laughs> Was Todd Berman or Kenny White said that one of the props they're going to play is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, I think it was um, 
scoring a <laughs> touchdown. I don't think this is one of the ones that we were talking about, but uh, as you see here, receiving yards over under 10.5, all it takes is one catch. That's yeah. an easy one to get to, uh, at least one rushing attempt. I mean, you know, I, I think you, you said it, Heath. They love him. And, you know, I, and I remember talking to Ustek at the uh, Pro Bowl a couple years ago, and he was talking about how he'd love to be more involved in the offense. Um, you know, between him and George him and George Kittle, they're so important to the run game for San Francisco that you wonder if they are playing with a lead. And this also goes to what my point was about LaShawn McCoy, if the Chiefs are playing with a lead. But, you know, guys like this that sort of go uh, unheralded and, you know, uh, 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 underrated players throughout the course of the season you know sometimes they get the chance to be super bowl heroes maybe not to the extent of you know the mvp but you know give them the chance to spike the ball in the end zone uh to celebrate and, and sort of reward them for uh for the years that they have so use tech is definitely interesting better on DraftKings than than FanDuel even because he's only 1800 dollars on on DraftKings. so yeah. if you really want to go cheap right and he played nine games this year in the regular season seven of those games he had more than 10 and a half receiving yards great prop i think it's yeah, yeah, a pretty good hit one hit on right there we're, we're going to talk a lot more prop bets a lot more dfs throughout the week here especially as we get closer to sunday but uh, it's been a fun day so far uh for fantasy football today been a fun week so far you can check out more of our coverage on our podcast wherever podcasts are found for heath cummings adam mazer dave richard dan marino and miles sanders i'm jamie eisberg thank you for watching more cbs sports hq coming up next The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.